Good morning, people. I just landed in your town. Good morning, people. I just landed in your town. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now we're on. Now we are oh, on. Shit, that was high. Yep, that's high as shit. Oh. That's as high as Cheech and Chong. Oh, ooh. Okay. Damn. Welcome back. Hello. <laughs> it's oh, Friday. It's Friday. It is Friday. Oh man. Dig if you will a picture. Prince died yesterday. Oh. And Sean and I were talking and we were like, uh, should we mention it? And I'm like I said meant I second it. <laughs> Sean seconded it immediately. <laughs> there was no hesitation. Because everybody's so, dropping off the earth here on us and it's not they right. They are. They are. So I mean like Here's the thing that it was it was um I was going through like his disco- disc discography like triple triple syllable words <laughs> tripping me the fuck up so I was I was pawing through his disco I fucking twice <laughs> twice <laughs> discography I know big words I do Ooh. and I was like oh. <laughs> no like I knew a lot of his music and I was like oh man. Because, like, sometimes somebody will, will pass and you'll be like, like, uh, Michael Jackson. Four, maybe five Michael Jackson songs I really dig. But I was like, man, I know, like, 35 Prince songs. All right. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. So I was jamming this week. Now, I was, I was talking to Jay last night. Hi, Jay. Yeah, hi, Jay, who doesn't listen. <laughs> uh, Jay and I were talking last night. And I said, you know, the cool one of the cool things about Prince, if you buy an album... And stuff now, with that little parental advisory sticker on it. That's Prince's fault. <laughs> oh. Yes, Prince had a song, I believe it was on the Purple Rain album. One of my favorites. Called Darling Nikki. Yep. Do you know Darling Nikki? I heard it on the way to work this morning. Okay. And three three or four times on iHeartRadio. Darling Nikki is a song that pissed off Tipper Gore so badly... She created the Parental Advisory Committee, and they started putting stickers on music. Shit. Shit. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> I knew that. I've, all, I've, known that. I've known that for years. And today I, today I heard the song again for the first time in, like, ooh, hit the mic. <laughs> I punched the mic. I'm so like, Arr! Parental Advisory, pow. So I heard the, first, the song for the first time in many, many years, and I went, there's nothing... In this song, nothing that would warrant. Oh my God! There's the thing. Not even the fact that she masturbated. I was gonna say. Here's the thing. He in the beginning of the song, he talks about saw this woman masturbating in a in a hotel lobby. First of all, first of all, (laughs) what hotel are you hanging out with in that you can do that in a lobby? I'm just saying, that's a (laughs) shady fucking area. That's what's going down. Secondly. Good for him for being like, all right, well, we can still get down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. I see what kind of person you are, and I'm fine with it. We can still get down. He's second it. He's he's second. Oh, we came second. (laughs) (laughs) Skeet, skeet. Oh, skeet. Now, I was thinking about it, and I said, you know, Hmm. is it because it's a woman because if he had said, I saw this guy masturbating in a hotel lobby. Dude, put it away. Would Tipper Gore have lost her shit? Depends on the guy. Depends on the guy. <laughs> Is he hot? Exactly, see? <laughs> Is he a good looking guy? No, you can't have double standards. So, Prince is the reason this parental advisory stick is on shit. I didn't yeah. know. I never knew that. And that's that song was the cause. Go, if you can, listen to that song again people and judge for yourself if if that warrants a little sticker on everybody's album unfortunately prince was very um protective of his music he didn't like it on youtube he didn't like it on the internet um so you can't listen to it on spotify because i tried i'm like oh fuck but 
there is a service called Tidal, which I guess was started by Jay-Z and a bunch of other people. And I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Prince had a hand in it. <laughs> getting it <laughs> in a hotel lobby. He had a hand in it. Um, All right. Getting it off the ground. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're so bad tonight. We're bad. And, um, bad to the bone. So all of his, pretty much all of his music is, is on Tidal. So if you want to join Tidal, you can hear his whole discography. See, I said it right this time. Nice. On the first try. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> well, because I don't want to, I don't want to like jam it down people's throats. Like, oh, Boston lit up the, the Zakem Bridge Forum purple. Eiffel Tower did it. The Eiffel Tower, Empire State Building. I mean, they had, his music was all over the radio yesterday. Probably a little bit today, too. Oh, there's a lot today. Yeah. Even iHeartRadio had, like, its own little... Nice. I want to say station, sort of. Just nice. doing all Prince. Good. They, they call it the tribute to Prince. Good, good. And I had it on for a couple hours at work. <laughs> yeah, you did. I, see, I wish I could have done that, but I don't know how my coworkers would deal with that. Well, my, well one of mine was up for it because she likes it. Yeah. And a few others, it was driving them nuts. Well, so I kept it on. Well, you know what? I mean, so, so I kept it on. He's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. It's, it's like I said, even if you don't like his music, he had the balls to make his music the way that he wanted to. He dropped his label and he did his own thing. And so, <laughs> no, it's just, I don't want to, I don't know. just, I'm, I'm still not 100% sure on his cause of death. I'm hearing some stuff and I'm like, mm, I'm hearing was, it's drug related and he I'm, like, I'm kind of hearing that too. I heard it was oh, an opiate. Dear. I heard it was like an opiate thing, and I'm gonna wait for some kind of official report. I don't want to be like, Ugh. yeah. Everyone's so quick to jump on. Oh, he died because of this. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's wait for the coroner. Hmm. Let's wait for the autopsy. That's gonna happen this morning. Yeah, because that'll that'll be a couple of days. They they need to get like the just the facts. Yeah, <laughs> just the facts. <laughs> Sean jumping in with the dragnet thing. So there you go. I mean, it's like I was telling Jay last night. I was like, you know what? It's at least when somebody like that dies, pop. At least when somebody like that dies, it's like they leave behind like a body of work, and you can still. I was gonna say they always leave the body behind. <laughs> you can. <laughs> I can't take that with them. <laughs> I'm taking mine. <laughs> and figure it away. You know, you you can still enjoy that stuff. So, okay, so coming off the heavy heavy topics, we're gonna switch to comedy because that's what we do. What we have for you tonight is. Yelp reviews of a specific movie theater. I think I'm probably just going to not say the name of it. Yelp. Just, just to be kind to them. Maybe they'll be a sponsor someday. So <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be kind and not say the word, the, the name of it. Here's the first review. There I was, minding my own business and watching The Social Network. First of all, I don't know why you read that movie. <laughs> Regular movie experience and all, when all of a sudden I see a damn rat dart across the aisle exactly uh. half a foot away from me. Not a mouse, mind you, a rat. The pointy-nosed kind. With the red devil eyes. There's other kinds of rats. The feral eyes with the red and the... As great an actor as he was, Jesse Eisenberg's beady eyes are nowhere near as compelling <laughs> as the fucking rodents. <laughs> Dirty rat. Oh gosh. Okay, this is kind of fucked up. My this is um the the same theater that this person wrote the review for. My friend went to this theater on Friday, uh, July not uh, 29th, and got bit by bed bugs. Yes, bed bugs. Oh. What the fuck? Not even in bed. <laughs> she had them two years ago and had a crazy reaction to them and had to throw out all her furniture and everything. After she left the theater, she started itching, and when she got home, felt gross. So she went to take a shower, took off her dress, shook it, and saw bed bugs fall. Uh-huh. She killed the bastards. <laughs> oh, I'm getting the chills just from that one. She, oh, this is good. She called the theater and said it was probably, and they said it was probably mosquitoes and not bed bugs. They are liars. Well, after <laughs> stepping on them, I'd bring them in as evidence. Okay. This is in Chicago. Gosh. Abe Froman. Yeah, Abe Froman, the sausage king. 
Gosh, I suppose I can't wear a hoodie in a theater, but I sure as heck can munch noisily talk and bring my lap dog. That's right, a damn dog. A woman brought her dog in her purse, and it shook and jangled its collar throughout the movie. That was not violent. Oh, we know that uh, one. <laughs> we get that here. That was not a violation of AMC's code of conduct. However, turning on your damn cell phone to check the time is a dire... Straits? I don't know what the fuck they're trying to say here. It's dire misspelled. Straits. We'll say Dire Straight. Okay. I don't know. It's a good band. Yeah. What's worse about the dog was that the theater employees were aware of it and explained that it was a service animal in a little purse. Really? He just hands her lipstick. Oh, <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. Here's your lipstick. And that the owner was able to produce paperwork to support that the lap dog in her purse was a medical necessity. Excuse me? It actually says excuse me. Okay. Likewise, the family behind me whose children moved and munched and dropped things and whose grown-ups loudly whispered, spoilers, is not a violation of the code of conduct. Come on. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) You just said that. I just said that. (laughs) If you're going to bring paperwork or documentation. Right. To a movie theater. You can put that together yourself on your own computer before you leave. I don't think the people at the movie theater is really going to call your your doctor or whatever. I know. <laughs> to confirm that this is true. Okay. It's just as annoying as when, um, when parents bring their eight-month-old kid to a movie. <laughs> or the, like, one-and-a-half-year-old kid. Yeah. You hear him crying down in the you know, like the sixth row or something. You know, get a get a sitter or don't go. Yeah. You know. Actually they have actually they have <laughs> uh some theaters now are catering to that. They'll have like children little like baby specific nurseries? Yeah, something like that. They'll have like fuck. It's a good idea. <laughs> They'll have like family specific theaters. You know, mm-hmm. so that people can bring their babies and listen to all the babies cry. I don't know. And the babies can get together and plot. When babies cry. Okay, this this one. Hey. This one. This one's in uh, San Francisco, California. Okay. This goes in. 49ers. This is almost in topic with what we were saying earlier. Okay. This place is absolutely disgusting. It attracts the most horrendous people and is sketchy. I went there last night to see The Vow. How old is this? <laughs> see The Vow. With some girlfriends at 1025. To my surprise, I discovered halfway through the movie a man jacking off three seats next to us. <laughs> I was utterly disgusted and shocked by his audacity. First of all, sweetheart, <laughs> you should be thrilled. <laughs> you should be thrilled. Because I guarantee you he wasn't jacking off to anything that was happening in the vow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Exactly. Exactly right. Okay. Uh, Is he at least attractive to you? He must have been. He at least got it halfway up. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Okay. So here's another one. I refuse to frequent this theater anymore. My spouse and I have been pickpocketed on two separate occasions, once while sitting in our seat. We've also had major parking issues where the attendant wouldn't let us out of the lot without paying him an extra on top of what we already paid at the ticket machine inside. Oh, what a dick. I wrote a letter to management, but I haven't heard back. Well, naturally. Well, I don't know what to say to that. I'd call the police if you're getting charged extra. That sounds like a police matter. Try to dig a little deeper and see if you can go higher above. This guy, I, I'm just assuming it's a guy. This is a very... Dude. This review is very short and to the point. I love it. Sweet. Do you want to get punched in the face? Perhaps traumatized <laughs> for life? Then this, my friend, is the perfect cinematic environment for you. <laughs> That's his thing. I thought you were going to oh. say, do you want to get punched in the face? Yeah. Then shut the fuck up then. Okay. I came here for a movie premiere recently. There was a fire at the concession stand. The workers told us to come back up the stairs that we were using to exit the theater and take the escalator. What? 
Aren't what? you supposed to use stairways? Yes, you are. Not escalators. Absolutely not. We were almost. That's to like safety. taking an elevator. <laughs> exactly. We were almost to safety and all forced to come back into the smoky, fired-up theater and take the escalator down toward the fire. You get the hot dogs. I'll get the None marshmallows. <laughs> I know loot. <laughs> At least get yourself some fucking. What do you call those? Uh, candies like the. You know the little candies. <laughs> the yum yums there, yeah. Yeah. The yum- <laughs> boxes of yum yums please <laughs> the yum yums to go no no not those they have nuts <laughs> i don't want nuts in my mouth <laughs> and then this person wraps up with none of these people should have their jobs <laughs> they're all probably young okay let's let's try one more of these all right absolutely horrid the line to buy tickets and pay for parking are always out of control the prices are ridiculous, but that's at almost every movie theater nowadays. Well, you the need price, to shop around. The price for anything in a movie theater sucks these days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just one medium drink's five bucks. The crowd can best be described as raised by wolves. <laughs> wow. Oh. That's a rabid crowd. The uh. worst experience I had here was watching Toy Story 3 at midnight. Well, you deserve <laughs> You get what you deserve. You deserve a bad experience. You're going to see Toy Story 3 at midnight, bro. Wow. I have nothing for you. Nothing. Probably didn't want to be caught seeing that movie. Yes. (laughs) He could have dressed up as something. Put a little, I don't know, hat on. (laughs) Something. Or at least be having sex in the back of the theater. Okay, yeah. (laughs) If you're jerking off to Toy Story 3, (laughs) you should reevaluate everything happening in your life. Okay, so... Uh, oh, Toy Story Woody. 3. <laughs> Woody! <laughs> Getting a Woody for Woody. Yeah, Woody for Woody! <laughs> Buzz! Okay, so he says, uh, Toy Story 3 at midnight, where a group of, like, 12 dudes came to watch it and just decided to talk throughout the entire movie. Oh, oh check this out! Check this out, he's rabid. I take my Pixar productions very seriously. Very is in capitals. Oh, shit. Very seriously. And the fact that these a-holes spent $11 to talk sent me into a blind rage that Woody and Buzz couldn't get me out of. Oh, my (laughs) God, bro. Oh, my God. This guy's got squabbles. He's got mad squabbles. I do remember, I think, within the past year it happened. Uh, some guy, I think he was a captain or something of a police department, shot somebody in the theater just because they were on their phone. Mm. Uh, but that person wishes that he was there. Would have shot him dead. Shot him dead. Okay, so <laughs> when last we left our friend, Woody and Buzz couldn't help him out of his anger, <laughs> blind rage. Woody. The only thing this place has going for it is the fact that it plays more low-key and indie movies, but so does Lincoln Road. I assume that's another theater. And i much rather pay $15 in parking, spend the time to drive to the beach and pay a toll, than sit with these middle schoolers that come here. Bro, you're... I'm assuming you're an adult, and you're fucking in Toy Story 3 at midnight, and you're complaining about these middle schoolers? Yeah, I'd be complaining about having to pay for parking alone. pissed off that they're kids in the kid movie to what normal adults would do is wait till later and sneak back in the theater or something what the fuck is wrong with this guy uh spend the time at middle schools the people that park in the garage become raging lunatics when parking says a man sent into a blind rage (laughs) from woody and buzz unleash the fury Seriously, if you own an SUV, you don't fit in tiny spaces. Get this through your head. I don't own a SUV. SUV. <laughs> oh, boy. These are actually pretty... I'm actually having a good time with this. Yeah, this is cool. <laughs> oh, we'll do one more. We'll do one more, one more and we'll, we'll get it done. All right. Get her done. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, right, okay, this is the person's review. So, like, all in capitals. Oh, they mean mean business. They're serious about this one. Oh, boy. They took the time to hit cap lock? (laughs) Shit. It It writes that you are not allowed to bring food from outside. Come on, the person next to us. 
You brought Burger King with actual Burger King bags? Where the hell is security? This is out of control. He could not have hided it inside of him. <laughs> hide it. <laughs> it. It actually says hide it. He could not have hide it inside of him. Hid. It says hide it though. I'm, I know what the hid. I know what the adverb should be. <laughs> I didn't write it. <laughs> they could have hide it. At least share. I like how the person took the time to write to write like they brought Burger King and actual Burger King bags. If you're busy in the Burger King bathroom. No, no, no. <laughs> but like if you're if you if you're smuggling in food, you don't give a shit. You're not gonna throw it in a dinky little Shaw's bag or a stop and shop bag or something. No. So you've already made the commitment. Stay with the Burger King bag, put it in your pants and get in the movie theater. <laughs> Wearing your pants watch, is up to you. Watch your Toy Story 3. Touch yourself to the fr- <laughs> people in front of you and have a good time. You paid for your ticket. Oh, Woody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's the end of that. Oh. This girl in the cube next to me. Um, have you ever seen those, like, yoga balls? Like these big-ass <laughs> fucking... Balls? <laughs> it's like these... Yeah, essentially. These big-ass fucking balls where people... <laughs> People sit on... Stop. Stop. <laughs> Let me say what I gotta say. People sit on them instead of... Ch- Stop! <laughs> People sit on them instead of chairs. And it's like, they hold, you have to keep your balance. Ooh, and it's supposed bouncy. to be Yeah. And it's supposed to be, like, better than a chair. More aerobic. <laughs> I don't know. So this girl, uh, this lady... Giggity. In the cube next to me was sitting on this big fucking silver bouncy ball all day and every time i walked by her i'd run over and kick the ball <laughs> not hard so she'd fall or anything but she'd be like oh can't stop yourself can you i'm like no it's like Too kickball tempting. it's like kickball it's great i don't have any bathroom stories which i guess is good we had like two weeks full of bathroom stories Minefield of t- paper towels. Minefield of paper towels. <laughs> that was last week. Yep. Havoc. All right, so should we... So yeah, we should I probably... said we get into movies now, and then we got any time. We'll talk more shit later. We'll talk shit. <laughs> we'll talk shit. Okay, so movies you got to see. 80s edition. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Someday I'm just going to yeah. record me doing something on the drums. like bup, bup, bup. You should. Yeah. Okay, so the movie that I have picked is Running Scared. Sweet. Yes. I fucking love this movie. Uh, this is one of those movies that I know by heart. That's what we did tonight. We both picked one that we know by heart. We lost our keys, our car, <laughs> our suspect, our pants. No, not the pants. Get in the car, Mr. Backup. <laughs> yes, I love this movie. Okay, so Running Scared has Gregory Hines who you may know, he was in a movie called White Knights. He was in some episodes of Will and Grace. He was... Tap dancer. Uh, t- yeah, he was a tap dancer. Uh, he seems like he was a nice guy. I'd hate to, I'd hate to hear otherwise. He looked like a cool dude. He looked like a cool dude. <laughs> so, Billy Crystal, who, jeez. Uh, oh, let's see. no. Throw Mama from the Train. He did some SNL stuff. He was on a show called Soap. Which was awesome. Had nothing to do with the shower. It didn't. It really didn't. <laughs> Jeez, what else? He's he just done a ton of stuff. I can't. I can't even. Stephen Bauer. Stephen Bauer played Manny in Scarface. And that's all I know from him. Say hello to my little friend. No, he was he was Manny. He um. Hey, what happened to you? I ran out of bullets like an asshole. <laughs> He ran out of bullets. I really got to get that on Blu-ray. That's a good movie. Joe Pantoliano. Pantalones. Joey, I guess his nickname is Joey Pants, which is good. (laughs) Don't you like pants? Joey Pants. He was in The Sopranos. uh, The last, I think it was uh, season three or four of The Sopranos. I can't remember his character's name. He's the one who had the horse. I thought you guys said the horse. Well, yeah. He, he had some holes, too. It was pretty nasty. Hey. Uh, what else was he in? He was in The Fugitive. 
He was in. He always pops up in shit. Uh, Dan Hedaya. He was in The Usual Suspects. He was in. I think it was in Cheers. Didn't he have a part on Cheers? He was uh. Tell me the character's name. The little, the little, <laughs> See, the little woman's girlfriend. Little woman's girl. Carla was that her name? Okay. Yeah. I think I think that was his girlfriend. She had the fro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's Mrs. Danny DeVito. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. My Jimmy belly. and Jimmy Smiths. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy Smiths, NYPD Blue. <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. Thank you. Oh, he was in Dexter. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, he played the politician, I think. Some kind of politician or a DA or somebody. A dick ass? <laughs> hey, why don't you get the dick out of your ass? We can get this oh. done. Bitch. <laughs> so, this movie is from 1986. Woohoo! It was kind of labeled as like an action comedy film. Gregory Hines' character is called Ray. Billy Crystal is Danny. And they are two detectives who work in Chicago on the north side. Sweet. North side! Maybe they ran into Abe Froman. <laughs> so, when we meet them, they're trying to bust an up-and-coming drug dealer named Julio. Julio Gonzalez. Julio! Guess who played Julio? Jimmy Smiths. Yeah. So, they arrest Snake, who is Joey Pants. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a rooster. I fucking love that when they go to arrest him and they're like, hey, the top of your head looks like a parakeet. <laughs> and they're saying all this shit to him. He's like, why do they call you Snake anyway? You got a little wee-wee? <laughs> and then you can get disturbed by seeing his little underwear. Oh, yeah. But that's that's later. So they arrest Snake, uh, one of Julio's associates, and they convince him to wear a wire. In order to get some information, because they want to put Julio away. The guy that plays Snake, mm-hmm. he was also a uh, captain on the movie Bad Boys with Martin Lawrence. Oh, okay, yep. And Will Smith. I can see that. Yeah, he plays cops a lot. It's probably a good, fun role. Fun role. So, they put a wire on Snake, and they go to this meeting place, and they find out that Gonzalez has acquired a large uh, supply of Uzi machine guns. Say Not hello a good to thing. my fucking friends. Not a good thing for a bad guy to have. The bad no. guys have all the guns. Always. They get everything. So they give him a, a, a code word. Snake bite. Snake bite! And he... Uh, so he ends up like setting the detectives up. Bastard. And... He has a so dick ass. he yells the dick ass. <laughs> so he yells the, the little code word, snake bite, and they run in to try to help him. But it turns out that they're being kind of double-crossed. And Gonzalez goes to kill them, and he tells them he's going to be the next godfather, but they won't be around to see it. And then he, um, he kind of starts yelling at Snake because he let the detectives catch him and bring him to the, the little warehouse, or I think it's a cargo ship. To and you know, see looks the like guns some kind stuff. of report. Yeah, I think it's cargo shit. So he ends up uh, getting capped because Gonzalez is pissed. So the pair look as if they're gonna be killed. Oh no, my! They'll be killed. <laughs> so two undercover uh, detectives in the gang kill him dead. S- step up and they make it make try to make the arrest. But in the ensuing gung battle, most of the gang escapes. However, Ray, however, Ray and Danny managed to capture Gonzalez. Yay! Hooray! But that's not all. <gasps> I know. So, a, a, a little, a quick B-side is that uh, Danny finds out his his aunt, his aunt passed away and left Aww. him a shit ton of money. Yay! So... <laughs> So now he's got this money burning a hole in his pocket. Why not? So now that when they go back to the station and they expect like they're going to get accolades for the arrest, the captain yells at them for sloppy work Whoa. and orders them to take a vacation. Yay. So they go on vacation to Key West. Yay. Great place to go on vacation. And the pair begin to question their career choice after an experience and decide to retire and open a bar. With Danny's money. Hmm. 
I know. <laughs> so he's going to front all oh. this, all this uh, fun, fun activities. So they get back to Chicago and they tell the captain, "We're going to retire. We don't want to have anything to do with this anymore." Screw you. And then the captain's like, "You've been cops all your life." You can't do anything but open a bar, and then they're like, hmm, fuck you. So look at, just look at <laughs> each other like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then they find out that the Gonzalez got released on bail. Oh. And they're pissed. So now they're going to capture Gonzalez before they retire. Yay. But they want to be a little more careful. So to add insult to injury, the Ouch. captain assigns them <laughs> the additional task of having to train their replacements before they go. Detectives Montoya and Sigliano, played by John Grise and Stephen Bauer. And they drive a cool-looking Trans Am. They do, until it gets smashed! <laughs> by <Please>. them. <laughs> yes, yes. You, you gotta see how they do that. Yeah, it's funny. Now it looks like a cab! <laughs> <laughs> so, the, these are the two undercover officers that saved them from being killed by Gonzalez. Logan, That's how they repay them. <laughs> Logan wants them to listen and pay attention, but don't do anything that Ray and Danny do. So, that kind of sucks. Donkey balls. Yeah. So, among one of the things that they do is they kind of steal Gonzalez's car, and they're riding around in this, I think it's a Mercedes. Sweet. Is it a Mercedes? Yeah. yeah. So, they're cruising in this Mercedes, and they go through his little tape collection, and he's like, shit, 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 shit. The car stuck out in the neighborhood like a sore thumb. Yeah, because they're riding around these... A uh, low-income Riding housing. dirty. Yeah, they're riding dirty. <laughs> dirt, dirt, dirt. So then they put in, you know, some kind of music, and they're driving around, and they see these cute girls, and hey. Danny and Danny rolls down the window, and he's and they're like, hey, that's Julio's car. Who are you guys? And he's like, we're from Noise Busters. Do you know where Menudo is? <laughs> <laughs> Menudo was a group way back then. I had to, I had to say it. People don't know, people don't know Menudo anymore. It's a dated reference. I was gonna say, we're the Ghostbusters. Oh yeah. <laughs> so during one of the attempts to capture Gonzalez, Ray and Danny confiscate a very large shipment of cocaine coming from Colombia. Which, by the way, they was mis- not owned by John DeLorean. No, and they mistake a priest <laughs> and nun for knowing for being the drug smugglers, and that that actually is a very cool thing. Not the fact that they accuse a priest and a nun but the ensuing car chase is they drive it right that was over intense to, yeah they drive it they drive the uh the police car no it's not a police car i think it's a cat a cab yep so they're chasing these guys right on the chicago elevated l train line so they're driving on the train line do not try that at home <sighs> well i don't recommend many it. reasons i don't recommend it so they get the cocaine, and in order to get them ba- get back at them, oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> so in order to get back at them, Gonzalez decides to kidnap Danny's ex-wife Anna, whom he still loves and has been trying very hard to reconcile with. And he says he'll trade her for the drugs. Otherwise, Wasn't she gonna play on marrying a dentist? Yeah, she was engaged to a dentist. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because Danny's like, "What do you have? A bunch of clown paintings in your house?" <laughs> Hey, hey! Yeah. <laughs> so, otherwise, he's going to kill her. Danny agrees, um, leading... Go ahead, the, kill her. Yeah. No, he's going to make the switch. <laughs> so, they go. The, they do the final confrontation inside a high-rise atrium of the James R. Thompson Center. During the ensuing firefight, Danny and Ray ironically rescue their would-be protégés in a way similar to their own rescuing. And something happens to Gonzalez. Maybe Anna and Danny get back together. Maybe not. We don't, we don't know if they're going to retire. I'm not going to tell you because I want you to watch it. That's the reason we say this. And if you've, if you've already seen it, then you then you know how it ends. <laughs> so, some so little... watch it again. Little, little fun facts real quick. Uh, there was a sequel that was planned and different with different scripts and stuff. Uh, but Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines did not think the movie itself was strong enough to warrant a sequel. And they kept turning sequels down. That could have been a smart move. Yeah. There's been, there's been a lot of movies where the sequel just didn't work for them. And... Yeah, we had a whole segment about movies that shouldn't have <laughs> happened. We'll probably have more someday. Oh, there will always be more. Okay, so can you guess the two guys who were offered this role? Tim Curry. 
No. (laughs) We are the unofficial Tim Curry, Michael Keaton podcast. I was going to say him too. Um, him. But even even though we are we are the unofficial, no, it was not Tim Curry. Damn. I know. And this is from what 1986. He was. Yeah, was a year after Clue came out. Oh, he could have done it. You know, he could have been the bad guy. I bet he's a good bad guy. Anyway, no, it was not. um, It was not Tim Curry. So, you don't have another guess? Not Michael Keaton either. No, who's the other one? Yeah, all right. Tom Selleck and John Travolta. Oh, wow. Oh, no. (laughs) I say, oh, no. Nice. Selleck had to turn it down because of commitments to Magnum P.I. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sean's like, whatever. I got nothing for that. No. Nope. Nope. Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) Dun. Yeah. Hey. Oh, Jesus. So those are the the small fun facts that I had. Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! Segwaying over to me. My pick of the night, which Tara has nothing to do with. (laughs) Because I'm a horror buff. I'm moving over to horror now. Yep. I picked the original Nightmare on Elm Street from 84. uh, Starring Robert England. And Heather Langenkamp. You are on your own. Yes, I am. I can't provide anything but call a commentary. <laughs> well, I got please, nothing. please do. Feel free. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't not speak because I'm, I'm chatty. <laughs> I picked the original Elm Street because of all of them, that's probably the main one that everyone should enjoy and watch. Director Wes Craven wrote and directed it. It's a slasher horror film. And the first film of the whole franchise that spawned... About eight, yeah, about eight movies, eight sequels, and it also had a TV series for about two years called Freddy's Nightmares, which we mentioned before. It also stars John Saxon, Ronnie Blakely, Amanda Wiss, who was also in Better Off Dead. Yeah. Yay! I gotta go now. I gotta pick up Beth. <laughs> Can't do anything without that girl. Dad, I gotta go. <laughs> Ski the K twelve. <laughs> Skiing on one ski. And Nightmare on Elm Street was also Johnny Depp's first movie. So I've heard. He was introduced. Because it says on the credits, I'm getting introducing Johnny Depp. <laughs> Before that, he was in a garage band. And his career just skyrocketed from there. Elm Street was set in a fictional Midwestern town of Springwood, Ohio. Mm. Which you don't know that for a fact on where Springwood is they kind of kept that as a hidden thing for many years it's finally revealed on Freddy's Dead the Final Nightmare it's one of the first parts of the movie that you see they show like an outline of the map of the US and it says Springwood and a little dot right where Ohio is yeah so I don't know why they want to keep that a secret for years but they did plot reveals around several teenagers who were stalked and killed stalker creeper <laughs> And killed in the dreams, but when they killed in the dream, they're dead for real. By Freddy Krueger himself. Well, that's some bullshit. Yeah. What's up with that? You ever have those dreams where you die? <laughs> and then you wake up and you're like, fuck, am I dead? Or <laughs> am is I that dreaming just again? Me? <laughs> am no. I dreaming again? No, Tara, that's just you. <laughs> have a Coke and go back to bed. Have a Coke and smile. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> have some of that too if you want. Be up all night. <laughs> And the teenagers are all unaware of this strange phenomenon because their parents hold a dark secret from a long time ago when they were little kids. Oh, fucks. Now, parents think that they're protecting their kids by not telling them anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should talk to your kids. <laughs> you know what? Okay, this is the lesson we could all take from Nightmare on Elm Street is talk to your children. Message! Message! <laughs> Second it! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Need that second. Just trying to help. Yay! No, it's like something like this. Okay, you don't you don't want to tell your kids when they're like seven years old, nine years old. But you know he's going out to teenagers right now. They're like fifteen to eighteen. I think fifteen would be a good age to tell your kids. We gotta talk. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, 
you're going to have hair where there was no hair, <laughs> and a guy is going to try to kill you in your nightmares. Aww. Good night. <laughs> Sweet dreams. Maybe I'll see you in the morning. Maybe I won't. Fuzzy Bunny had new urges. He had hair where there was no hair. He noticed Lady Bunny. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get myself together here before I read, but I'm like cracking up still. Okay, I'll stop. That's not going to stop me from laughing. <laughs> okay. Now, many of the elements... Uh, that was inspired from Wes Craven to make Nightmare on Elm Street. The bias was inspired by several newspaper articles that was printed in the L.A. Times during the 70s of a group of refugees who, after fleeing the U.S. from the result of American bombing in Cambodia, were suffering, suffering disturbing nightmares, after which they refused to sleep. Some of the men died in their sleep, and then soon after. Jesus. <laughs> Dude, that's fucking awful. Yeah. Oh my god! Medical authorities call this phenomenon an Asian death syndrome. The condition itself was only between the men who aged between 19 and 57 and was believed to be a sudden unexplained death syndrome. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So this was happening between like uh, Asian males during this time, like around the 70s. So like they would they have like the night terrors, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't really explained on how they're having it, why they're having it, and then they just die in their sleep. Some of them were saying that, oh, there's someone in my dream that's after me. Oh, Jesus. So all this inspired Wes Craven to make Elm Street, but change around so it's Freddy Krueger who's after them in the dream, and not whatever was really after the Asian guys. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Going to Freddy Krueger, the film's villain. Uh, he draws uh, heavily from Wes Craven's early life. <laughs> that one, what kind of life did he have? Well, he kind of put things together to make Freddy. Okay. One, one time he was a kid, uh, him and him and his older brother was home alone. And like his parents were out for the night. And he went to the window and he looked out the window. And he said that he looked down and he saw this old older guy walking by the house. And somehow he sensed his being watched. So he stopped and he looked over at the house. And he looked at, up at Wes, and he like quickly ducked down on the under the window, because you know you watching somebody you don't want to be seen. So when he uh, put his head back up at the window to see if he was gone, he said the guy was just standing there, and he decided to give him some little creepy look on his face, like Arr. kind of having fun with Wes. That's kind of nightmare-inducing <laughs> in and of itself. So somehow, from the way the guy was, and I guess the way he was either dressed that night or whatever. That's one of the things that makes the elements of Freddy. Now, intentionally, Freddy Krueger was intended to be a child molester as well. <gasps> yeah, but they sidestepped that. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons for that being is at the time, there was a huge uh, case being uh, heard in court. It was all over the news about mm-hmm. like the child daycare place. Okay. There's like a yeah. place and the kids were telling their parents that uh, they're being molested at this daycare, and the whole thing was, I think it went like five months in court. Ooh. So because that When's whole... When's it going? <laughs> <laughs> if it's there, it would probably be uh, done in a week and be dismissed. Yeah. Because of that huge issue that was going on, they said, we're going to side, sidestep the whole child molestation part of Freddy. Okay. Which I guess is, was a good idea anyway. I just let him be a child killer. <laughs> Listen, he doesn't want to touch them. He just wants to kill them. I just think it's weird that um, before Freddy's burned, mm-hmm. he was he was going after the kids that was between like five and ten, and now in these movies he's going after teenagers. Why wait that long? <laughs> I don't know. I have. <laughs> I don't know, Margot. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a. Um, I have no recourse. I have no. I have no frame of reference. <laughs> I throw my hands up. Like, you just don't care. Yeah. Originally, uh, it wasn't Robert England scheduled to be Freddy. 
they had an actor named David Warner, who was originally slated to be Freddy, and they even did the makeup test and all that, but he had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts with another movie he was working on at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, replacing him was difficult at first, but they couldn't find an actor to play Freddy with the sense of ferocity that they were seeking. Everybody was too quiet and too compassionate towards children. And then we're all... <laughs> Robert England comes in and goes, yeah. I'm going to skewer these motherfuckers like corn dogs. Exactly. Then Robert uh, auditioned. Wasn't as tall as they hoped, but they impressed the hell out of them. Silly made him stand <laughs> out of box. With his willingness to go to dark places within his mind. Because Robert understood what uh, Freddy was that they were looking for. Like, looking for him to be. Okay. Now for the role of Nancy who was played by Heather Langenkamp. In the story, she's the main character, but she's not the first one that you see. First, you see Amanda Wiss as Tina. Tina. <laughs> Tina! <laughs> she's got a friend named Tina. I do. That's why I said that. <clears throat> hi, Tina. So you think... She doesn't listen either. I don't know why the fuck I just said hi to her. Hello. I could talk mad shit about her. <laughs> She'll never know. Yeah, who's listening? <laughs> <laughs> People listen. People listen. Just not Tina. Exactly. Was... Or Jay. <laughs> you know why? Because they have to deal with me all the time, so they don't want to listen. I listen. <laughs> well, there you go, Sean. Yay! So, Tina. <laughs> yeah, she's the first one that you see in the movie, so you think she's the main character. And it turns out she's just Nancy's friend, and she's having the dreams that they're all having. Yeah. Because he's such a creeper. Oh, creeper. Of the plural Nancy, he believed that Heather Langenkamp met the qualities that he wanted. He didn't want one of those like beautiful blondes uh, as a main character. He wanted like the typical girl next door look. Mm-hmm. And that's what he found in Heather, who uh, she was also an extra on the movie The Outsiders. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's a good movie. That Everybody's was done in that earlier that movie. year. Ralph Macchio. Macchio, fucking. Patrick Swayze, Emilio Estevez, Emilio! Emilio! Uh, Rob Lowe, Matt mm-hmm. Dillon. Matt Dillon. Was Rob Lowe in it? Yes. Was he? I, I think so. I haven't seen him in so, such a while. Yeah, he's friends. I think him and him and Emilio Estevez are character of friends. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the audience. Proceed. Proceed. Stay gold, pony boy. Stay gold. <laughs> now for our Heather... She landed the roles in Amsey after an open audition, beating out more than 200 actresses. Some of them to be mentioned was Demi Moore, Ooh. Courtney Cox, okay. Tracy Gold. Okay, yeah, she, uh, Growing Pains. Yep. And Jennifer Grey. No way! <laughs> yes way! Grey. <laughs> no way on Grey. What year was this? 83? 83 when they auditioned and made the movie. Okay, because I'm like, what the hell would she have been doing in 83? Because <laughs> Ferris Bueller was later. Was she doing... Uh... Ferris was 86. Okay, was she doing Red Dawn? I don't know. <laughs> Red Dawn was early 80s. Oh. Pat- I think Patrick Swayze's in that movie, too. They just followed each other around, <laughs> didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they really did. They're like, what up? They had the time of their life. Oh, I- hate that fucking song. <laughs> Heather returned in uh, Elm Street's 3 and Part 7, which was called Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Part 3 is the only one I've seen. Part 3 was my favorite as a kid. That's the... the... Dream Warriors. Yes, that's the one mm-hmm. where they're in the insane thing, right? Yep. That's the only one I've seen. Well, that and the one that you made me watch. <laughs> <laughs> Weston Hills Psychiatric Hospital. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Johnny Depp was an unknown at the time. Like I said, that was his first movie. Uh, initially went to accompany a friend, Jackie O'Haley, who later became Freddy in the remake in 2010. <laughs> Eventually he got the part of Glenn. His epic death in this movie is paid to a flashback in the movie Freddy vs. Jason. And Depp gets his own nod in a cameo role in Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. As a dude on TV. <laughs> He's like, this is drugs. Is your brain on drugs? <laughs> questions? Yeah, I got questions. You gonna eat that egg? <laughs> Can I have it? 
That's making me hungry. That's making me hungry. The part of Glenn, he got that part over such actors as (laughs) John Cusack. Oh, no, that would have not been well. Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer. C. Thomas Howell. It's Pony Boy. (laughs) Yep. Nicolas Cage. Oh. I can't. I'm just not Nicolas Cage. No. 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 (laughs) And Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. What says here, he Charlie didn't get the part because he wanted too much money. Okay. Out of all of those, I could see Charlie Sheen having the right look. Yes. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. No, I mean that's not you know. I mean, good, good for Johnny for getting it, but like you said, Charlie would have probably been a good Glenn too. I think he had a, a, the right look. I'm just picturing Johnny Depp at that age, and I'm like, okay. I can see, like, of all those, Charlie Sheen would have been able to. You picture Johnny Depp at that time. Mm-hmm. Picture Charlie Sheen from Lucas. Right. They're similar. Mm-hmm. Dark hair. You know. Good looking guys. Like, yeah, I guess. One of the other things about um, uh, Johnny Depp getting the pot. Wes was trying to decide, should I pick Johnny or should I pick one of these other two guys? Mm-hmm. So he asked his daughter at the time. <laughs> and her and a friend said to him, Dad, Johnny Depp. And said, oh, he's so sexy. He's beautiful. He's Take him. beautiful. So Wes Craven went with Johnny Depp. And every year, Johnny Depp sends those girls flowers and candy. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. It's because of you I'm here. Yeah. Because of you, I got my start. Because Elm Street of the Town was a big movie. Mm. So that worked out for Johnny great. Except during the whole filming of it, since Johnny never really acted, he was like so deathly afraid or nervous that he wasn't doing a good job. Yeah. But Wes said that he was always doing a great job during the whole thing. Principal photography began in June of 84 and wrapped in July. They only shot Nightmare on Elm Street like within a month. That's fast. Yes. That's really fast. <laughs> uh, the fictional address of the house that appears in the film, it's 1428 Elm Street in Springwood, Ohio. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is in the movie. The actual house is a, a private home located in L.A. on 1428 North Genesee Avenue. Because that street that has all the, the big trees that kind of Hang over mm-hmm. the the road, so it had that midwestern look. Okay. So, all the uh, outdoor scenes they shot it on there, so it looks like they're in Ohio. During the movie, also during um, Tina's death scene, uh-huh. it's Elm Street. It's not really a spoiler. <laughs> <clears throat> they used the rotating room that they built, so that there's a couple of crew guys underneath, this kind of slowly turning the room around. And everything's all nailed and starched down, so you can't really tell that it's in a rotating room. This room here was also used in a movie that you like. I like things I like. Breaking. Oh, Breaking! The Electric Boogaloo. Breaking 2. Is that when he was dancing with the broom? i never seen the Turbo. Movie. Turbo! They did show a clip of him uh, like breakdancing in, in the room. Is it like he's going up on the ceiling and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, he break dances with a broom. <laughs> it's badass, because you're like, why is he dancing with the broom? And then, like, two seconds later, you're like, he's dancing the shit out of that broom. <laughs> Work it, boy. <laughs> yeah. Work it. You're like, holy fuck. Dance, man. <laughs> dance. You gotta dance. <laughs> yeah. That... Let the music in your heart out, son. <laughs> so, anybody who's a fan of that movie... That roommate's dancing in is the exact same one that was used in uh, Elm Street. <laughs> they put the set so that it was upside down and attached the camera so it looked like the room was right side up. They poured gallons of red water into the room because normal film blood would not be the right make or effect with the geyser. Now what they're talking about here is during Glenn's death scene. Okay. They used the same rotating room for that as well. During the scene, the blood poured and... In an unexpected way, 
It caused the rotator room to spin on its own. Because when they were pouring all the buckets of blood down into the hole, because they had it upside down, but the camera was the other way, so it looks like it was coming up. It all poured down the one side of the ceiling, which kind of made the room go side to side and rock. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was forcing like wires and stuff to rip out, and then they had like oh, a 20-minute no. blackout. And <laughs> I kind of wish I saw that. <laughs> but nobody was hurt during that filming. Except uh, they did say... <laughs> except Damn! The, except the set designer's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> they did say the guy pouring the blood into the, the room kind of got an electric shock. Oh, well. <laughs> that was the know. only casualty. It's all too shocking! <laughs> There's a scene towards the end when Freddy's chasing Nancy into the house and she starts running up the stairs and her feet go into the uh, each step like the um, the stairs kind of sucking her feet in or something. Oh, ew. <laughs> what they did for that effect was they cut out holes in, in the, each step of like the rug and stuff. Mm-hmm. They filled in the hole with Bisquick. Ew! Was, uh, That's gross. Yeah, the, the uh, production guy that did that said that if you mix it up and you let it sit for over an hour, it becomes the most stickiest, gooeyest substance on earth. I bet. So when you watch a foot go in the like the goo and just having a hard time pulling it out, that's real. That's nasty. <laughs> that's um but that scene if I remember right, Wes Craven didn't care for that. But Bob Shea, who was the executive producer mm-hmm. and the one the only person ever to at the time to back Wes Craven up to make this movie. Um, that was his idea because he had dreams like that. So he he was trying to offer it up to Wes to put that in the movie, which they did. Mm-hmm. But for a little while, the tension was getting high, and they were <laughs> arguing, and tempers are flaring up. <laughs> yeah, and at one point, Wes just said, "Fine, let's let's do it." Nothing like shooting a scene against your will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they, yeah they're using pancake mix for that uh, whole. Now, in 2010, they try to remake the movie. Yeah, they did it with Jackie Earl Hurley. Right. He made a good Freddy, but I was bored with all the other cast members. <laughs> They're doing another one. Yeah. I heard. I heard, I think this past September, New Line Cinema said, all right, we're going to try to remake the movie again. Hey, why not? Six years already mm-hmm. passed. Let's try again and see if we can make it better. Yeah, let's see. August 7th, 2015, reported uh, New Line Cinema's de- developing a remake with Orphan writer... David and Leslie Johnson. You ever see Orphan? No. It's kind of a... It's not really a horror. It's more like a creepy drama type film. Okay. Uh, There's like this this young girl who's like full of evil inside her. But she tries to... She acts all innocent for a while and then she's like... And she goes out in the woods and sits with her witch people? (laughs) No. (laughs) She's... She like slowly picks off, forget if it's adults or kids or, she does a lot of killings and she just kind of acts all innocent. Mm. It was pretty good. Okay. I haven't seen it in a while, so I can't really go into it. Oh man, I thought of you the other day because. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, well, yes. And I'm, I mean, talking about like horror movies because my boy, Sean Pertwee, who plays Alfred on Gotham is in some horror movie called, like, Dog Soldiers or something. Mm-hmm. It's about, like, werewolves. And yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. And I, I wish I remembered the name. It's, like, Dog Soldiers or hmm. something so, so soldiers. I don't know. So I was like, oh, I should run that by Sean. wonder if he's heard of it. Probably no. not. <laughs> the only werewolf movie I got into was Teen Wolf. I thought you were going to say An American Werewolf in London. No. No? I still haven't seen They're that. They're remaking too. that, too. This will oh, be the course. This will be the third incarnation of that movie. Because they remade it. A f- well, this would be the third Elm Street. <laughs> they they remade it like I want to say like 15 years ago with Benicio del Toro. And now they're gonna do it again. I don't know who the actor is though. <laughs> we're gonna keep trying until we get it right. I they just <laughs> keep trying. I was talking to my dad about that the other day. I'm like they're just gonna keep remaking stuff because younger audiences don't remember the original. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's one of the reasons why we do this show. <laughs> I know, and then you can be like, that movie's a rip-off of this fucking movie. 
You know, like these days, mm. if you're in your 20s, you don't know anything about any movies or music in the 80s. <laughs> you we're, think, we're trying to help you guys. <laughs> that's why we're doing the show. <laughs> movies you gotta see. Yeah. Check them out. They're original classics. So do you know what Nightmare went up against in the box office or no? Uh, let's see. <laughs> it had a budget of $1.8 million. Yeah. And domestically, <laughs> did 25.5. Okay. But you don't... Came out November 9th uh, of 84. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't do it, but I, I do have the list... And these, some of these movies were released like a week before Running Scared was released, but they were still out at the time making money and still out. So Running Scared went up against Karate Kid Part Two. Ooh, I like that one. Back to School. Dangerfield. Legal Eagles. Ruthless People. Top Gun. Nice. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Labyrinth. Short Circuit, and Poltergeist 2. And I think a police academy. That but was it wasn't on the list. Part 3. Yeah, it wasn't Back on the train. list, but I'm pretty sure it did. So, um, apparently in the... Mm. So, we'll go running back to Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, if you total Freddy Krueger's screen time up, it's like under seven minutes. Supposedly. This is what I'm reading. Yeah, they... You kind of see them like time to time. Yeah. Not like the later ones where you see them pretty much at least half the film. Like the first two, you just see them once in a while. <laughs> Apparently, this was like the movie that saved New Line Cinema from bankruptcy. Because mm-hmm. they were about to go under. Just like when uh, Wes Craven had his script, he passed it around to all the the bigger companies like Paramount and all them. Mm-hmm. And nobody wanted to do the movie because they didn't think it would work. Yeah. Because, oh, we got the movie about a dream, like dreams here and getting attacked in dreams. And supposedly a few years before Elm Street, there was a movie that was about dreams. Yeah. And that didn't do well, so nobody wanted to take a chance on this. Take a chance. So nobody believed in his script. Nobody really believed in West at the time, except for Bob Shea. <laughs> who... Uh, ran New Line Cinema. And they started off only as like a little small distribution company in New York. And look where they are now. <laughs> Making Friday and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> look it up. You know they never say Elm Street in the movie. Apparently. This is this is the this is the word on, on the, the playground. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like the words Elm Street are not spoken at all in the film. I'm like, oh. No. You know, I always hated that when, like, the... Hated the, it. Yeah, when, like, the name of the... When the movie name would be in the movie. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. I don't know <laughs> why. I just don't like it. It is mentioned on the second one. Is it? When uh, Grady and Jesse are talking to each other in the locker room. Grady's asking him about uh, where, he's, where he lives, and he said, My parents bought a house on Elm Street. Oh. I mean, you're moving that big white house with the bars in the window? <laughs> yeah, that's Shit. right. And tell you, man, he's an old chump. Right. So it was mentioned in the second one. Yeah. Seconded. 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 Okay, here's a little tidbit. Yay. Uh, a Jason hockey mask can be seen on the shelf in the room Nancy is trying to sleep in. Purpose? Accident? We'll never know. I don't know. <laughs> There is a movie on a TV that Nancy's watching before Glenn comes in, like, he climbs up the side of the house to sneak into her room. Mm. But uh, I forget the name of that movie. Evil Dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a little... Um... It was on the list. <laughs> it was on the list. I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little uh, back and forth kind of a nod between Wes and uh, I think it was Sam Raimi that did that movie. Because in one of his movies, I think it's a girl, she comes into one of the rooms and you can see a Freddy glove hanging on the wall. Okay. Well, apparently, in addition... All right, this is weird. Oh, we got to put it on the show. Yeah, this is weird. So, in addition to the the Jason mask, right? 
This is what it says. I'm not making this up. I'm watching her read it. <laughs> and it's it says in the stair goo scene, just as Freddy smashes through the window of the door, yep. you can see he is briefly wearing a Mike Myers mask. Hmm. Which is supposed to be the skin, like the face of Tina. Oh, is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah. Why the hell is he wearing it? Okay. I mean, he's got it on for like for like two seconds and you hear Tina's voice saying, Nancy, help me please. Save me from... And then the, it falls off his face. He's like, Freddy. That's nasty. That's gross. <laughs> but to this day, I'm so happy that I can say I met Robert England twice. Okay. Growing, growing up, I'm watching these movies. I'm like, oh, I wish I could meet him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time, growing up, you don't know about these conventions. You don't go to these conventions. You never got to think that, oh, I... I'll never get to meet him. Mm. Met him twice. All right. 2011, 2013, in Worcester, Mass, at the Rock and Shock Horror Convention, which they have every year in October. Mm. Stan Lee is coming to the Rhode Island Comic Con. Mm. Mm. If I'm going to do it, Best I have save to. save money. I have to do it if I'm going to do it. I don't, I don't know. It's just the fact that he's like 90-something now. Yeah, we're losing everybody. Yeah, I'm like, oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't want to really... Let's not get into that, because we started on that. I don't want to end on that. We got to end happy. Yeah, all right. Happy ending. So we, we totally have to wrap up as we've gone We've gone long. We've gone long enough, Sean. Uh, so, thank you guys uh, for Facebook, for Twitter, for the WordPress, for listening on iTunes. If you listen on Stitcher, thank you. Gracias. Um, what I want you to do this weekend is party like it's 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo! Sean, tell them how to do it. Have a good everything.